Welcome to The Grinder. We are back at it again, and we have a very special guest today. First, I'm going to introduce James Chapman. What's up? Addison. What a great podcast we had last week. Man, I mean, like, best one to date. I have a good feeling we're going to try to outdo it today. We, we need to do outdo it every time. But, uh, man, I'm feeling good. Enjoying what we've been putting out. I hope uh, all the grinders have been enjoying it. Give us some feedback. Let us know. Uh, this is for your benefit. The Grinder Podcast is wall one, tier one. How we get above that. How you prevail over the start of the business, right? How you, how you take it to the next step. Starting at the bottom is absolutely the hardest piece. 100%. All right. As you grow, you get higher up. You start getting over some of the bullshit. So like, what are you doing to work through it? Anyways, fired up, man. Glad to be here. Glad for uh, ready to do another podcast. So let's lock and load. Let's go. Jason, Jason Siena, what's going on, brother? What's good, guys? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm a little, by the way, under the weather myself, but uh, nobody, will, nobody will realize that because I just power through. That's, that's what we do. That's right. Exactly. That's right. So, Jason, I want to get into it. Um, I want people to know about you, where you came from, and then we will go from background and we'll move right into it. So give us some background, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. So I uh, grew up in, uh, in the suburbs of New York City out on Long Island uh, in New York uh, in a, uh, you know, a typical uh, kind of Brady Bunch family atmosphere, had a great childhood. Uh, family was in the automobile business. Uh, everybody expected that I would always be going into the family business. Uh, went to college at the University of Arizona, and uh, unfortunately, while I was out there, my mom was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, uh, unfortunately, shortly after graduation, she passed, and uh, kind of put the whole family dynamic into a tailspin. So, uh, I never really took college that seriously. You know, it was just kind of going through the motions, having a good time, and uh, you know, not definitely not focused on what I was going to, you know, study to do with the, the, the rest of my life, so to speak. So, uh, when that all happened, uh, you know, it was a big wake up call for me. And, um, I, I ended up kind of just, you know, being, uh, on my own. My father moved to Florida, got remarried and, uh, I had to figure out what the hell I was going to do with the rest of my life. So, that was uh, that was a fun experience. It was a little scary at the time, actually, but now looking back on it, it was uh, it was a fun experience. That's awesome. Um, it, it all it, it's crazy how like life kind of just it's it's a path, man, and you just got to make sure you're staying on it. Um, yeah, man. So, give us some an idea of, of what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. So you know, I'll, I'll kind of pick up from there. So I decided. Uh, well, first off, you know, when I, when I moved back to New York city out of, uh, after graduating college, I, I was a DJ through college and, um, very involved in the nightclub scene, uh, in New York city and Miami and the Hamptons. Uh, so, you know, I kind of dove into that and I just took a, a day job, the first job that I can get. And uh, that happened to be a close friend's sister was a high level, uh, executive at 
Prada, the, the, the clothing line, you know, the high-end luxury clothing line. Um, I always had interest just in like, you know, fashion, music, nightlife, things of that nature. So I took that job and uh, worked during the day, you know, at, at, at Prada. And then at night I'd head out to the clubs and DJ and, and promote and uh, do my thing. Um, so for me at that point, it was really just about um, you know, having a good time, learning, you know, I've always been a student of every game that I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a sponge, I absorb as much as I possibly can. Uh, at that point, you know, shortly after maybe like seven, eight months, I decided that I needed to start doing something that maybe could uh, be a career choice for me that I'd, you know, establish uh, for the rest of my life. Um, had an opportunity to join a company called 24-7 Media, which was an online advertising company. That was uh, a good opportunity, a great position at the company uh, in the research department, which, again, you know, since I didn't really know much about the industry, I decided that joining the research team would make a lot of sense because I could learn as much as possible. And uh, I did that. And then we headed into the downturn, the dot-com bubble burst. Uh, that was about 2000. Um, so actually shortly after my mom passed away, the, the, the dot-com bubble burst. And the company went from like 1,200 employees uh, in like 30 offices to like 200 employees overnight. Uh, I was actually praying that I would get laid off so I can collect some severance and go DJ and hang out at the nightclub. <laughs> they never laid me off because uh, I guess I was doing a decent job. And obviously the research team was supporting the whole sales staff. So, uh, so I ended up, uh, ended up quitting and uh, went on to find the, you know, what I would actually end up doing for the rest of my life, which is commercial real estate. So I can get, get more into that, but that's kind of the beginning of my commercial real estate career. J Jason, can I ask on that? You, you said that about the marketing, uh, you went into the research department so you could learn. Was, right. was that the better paying or more glamorous part of that company? It, it was not the better paying or the more glamorous part. It was, you know, I had a stable income, health insurance, uh, had a, you know, a pretty nice salary. Um, but it was the safe bet, you know, most of my friends were in sales and uh, they were making more money, but again, risk reward, right? Yeah. Uh, it's funny though, because, you know, I always, I, I did have a pivotal moment while at that job. Um, you know, I, I'm a very outgoing social, um, you know, person and I grew up in a car dealership selling cars, but I always had this insecurity of like sales. Like what was I, going to be good enough? Was I able to do it? You know, and it's a pretty, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty transparent, you know, your production as a salesperson, either you're, you know, producing or you're not, it's black and white. Um, so I was really, you know, looking back on it, very nervous about the whole sales thing back, back then. Um, so I, I thought that I can kind of get my, my bearings by learning in the research department. Um, and there was actually an exercise with a trainer at the company and we went, we were broken out into small groups. I think it was a group of 10 and you were, you were asked to kind of like define yourself. It was like a personality test and, uh, went through that with the sales trainer. And I kind of defined myself as this, like, you know, type B, uh, person that like isolates himself and so on and so forth. I, and I, I don't know if it was 
if it was uh, something that just happened kind of organically or if I was just in my own head. And, and it's funny, the trainer who I still have a great relationship with today, you know, called me out. He's like, Jay, you're a leader. Like, this is so not you. Like, what's up? And that was actually like the first time that uh, somebody out in the real world saw something in me and it actually, it, it flipped the switch for me and, and it was a game changer. You know, I, I've never met a good salesman though, that even, you know, however they may flip a switch or hype themselves up or feel very confident about what they do in front of others. That doesn't go back. Even in my best sales, I've went back and critiqued what I could have done better what I should have said differently, man, I knocked it out of the park. I should have went back and did the value add or this or that. And I don't know a good salesman that doesn't have the constant self doubt. Cause I think that's what makes them a better salesman. Well, you, you don't know a good, anyone who does anything who doesn't have constant self doubt or doesn't that's wake true. up fear every day. So, you know, which is what I do. Right. So, um, you know, that, that's really, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I'm at a stage now today and, and we'll kind of fill in the gaps here. But, you know, I started my own commercial real estate company eight years ago. We dominate in New York Metro. We have a national platform. I have, you know, 35 people in three offices. We're absolutely killing it and disrupting the commercial real estate market and changing the game and have a digital media platform. I have a digital media consulting business, you know, doing a lot of different big things and um, you know, it's all because I literally feel like I have not accomplished a thing since I left that company 24 seven media back in 2000 and 2000. Well, I asked that about you going into the research side, uh, because like I said, I mean, our podcast is more focused on people starting out, getting yeah. over tier one, level one, and the more money was in sales, the more glamour was probably in sales. But you said, Hey, I don't know shit about the industry. Let me do the one that's going to teach me. And you took the job you probably didn't necessarily want to do so you could learn more, which in turn is benefiting you today. And I just want people to, to make sure that sticks out. It's a very important point uh, for somebody who's doing well, continuing to grow. They did the shit job that maybe they didn't want to do to try to learn additional things to be better. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's an amazing point. And my advice to anybody younger starting out is do not at all focus on the highest paying job, like figure out what you want to do and then find a way to get next to and learn from an absolute ninja in that field. Right. Even if you're working for free, because if you're not willing to do that at the bottom, you're definitely not going to persevere to get to the top. It's very simple. So, you know, if, if somebody's setting out, all focused on how much money am I going to make right away? You know, I, I interview people. I, I don't really, you know, I interview people that have kind of been filtered through the process at my company. And when I meet them, um, you know, it, it, it's a major turnoff to me if somebody's strictly money, money motivated and, you know, blowing smoke up their own ass, no less mine. Um, actions speak louder than words. And if you're not willing to, to, you know, work really, really, really damn hard, you know, then you're not going to be the best at what you do. And, and that's okay. Cause being the best is not for everybody. And if everybody was the best, I wouldn't really be at the top of yeah. the game. Right. So, you know, I'm okay with that too. The kind of going back into uh, what you said about um, like the interview process and like you have getting up to you, right. Yeah. What, um, I'm going through that process right now, just 
going through, you know, hiring people, trying to get team, you know, build that, build that culture up. Um, what are some of the things that you would like, you would hit on, maybe it's a question, maybe it's just, you know, interviewing those people. What, what would be your way to go about that? You know, I like to, I like to really understand uh, what makes people tick and, you know, everybody has different strengths and weaknesses, right? So if I could find people's strengths, I could also help them with their weaknesses. Um, and I think it's really all about self-awareness, right? So I like to really ask people in a perfect world where they would like to be in five years um, and see how they kind of answer that question. Because, you know, with my team and with myself, I focus, I focus on, you know, let's call it five years out. And then I, you know, four years, three years, two years, and then annual, you know, leading up to that. And then obviously break it down into quarters of a year and then months, um, because that's the only way to measure, you know, goals and, and, uh, and growth. So I like to do that. And it's interesting because a lot of young people don't necessarily think in five years, you know, five years is a very long time for a younger person, right? So uh, somebody who's doesn't have a clear answer to that, or an understanding of what they their definition of success is for themselves, you know, is, uh, it's pretty telling, right? So I think it gives them a lot to think about. And then it forces them to kind of answer the question on the fly. Um, But you know, if you have clear goals and visions of where you want to be in the future in your life, it's easy to reverse engineer how to get there. Right. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. So I want to fill in um, that. That was great. I want to fill in, you know, the gaps of, you know, you got into commercial leasing um, and a lot of people that are not in real estate, they're not going to understand that that that's a long period of time from the time you start your deal to when you get paid. Um, and so that, that's one of those things that, that I kind of want to bring up so that people understand how important the mindset is to that. Right. Yeah, definitely, man. So yeah, I'll pick up there. Um, so I started, uh, I, I interviewed at all the big, uh, big, you know, the biggest firms in New York. And then I had an opportunity through a, a friend, uh, whose brother was working at a, a smaller boutique family office that focused specifically on retail real estate. Uh, and it was back uh, in Long Island, you know, outside of the city. And after meeting with the, uh, the principal of the company, Ken Breslin, um, I decided that it was a much better opportunity for me because uh, there were less people at the company. The company was very good at what they did and very focused on a specific niche of the real estate business that I had interest in because retail is a lot more than just what it sounds like. Retail also encompasses restaurants, hospitality, which I thought was obviously a direct correlation to my interests and my experience in the nightclub uh, world, uh, the restaurant world. Um, In addition to that, obviously fashion, um, which I had a little bit of a background in and an interest in. Um, And then, you know, a lot of other things that uh, that commercial, just commercial real estate uh, brokers don't necessarily work on. So it was the more exciting uh, niche for me and a better fit for me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, after I was hired, I was given a desk, a phone and a couple of maps and, uh, you know, told that I should go drive all the shopping centers in in my market. And uh, I did. I actually, funny enough, I think I have the index cards that I created back in 2000. 
So, thing <laughs> actually, I don't think I've whipped out, you know, maybe since 2003. Um, but you guys can learn what what I was told to do and what I actually did. So, uh, I would drive to a market, and there's numbers actually at the top here on these index cards. So I would drive to the market. I would pull into the back of the shopping center, basically, and and perch myself up, and then I would draw the shopping center and the you know the tenants that were actually in the shopping center you can see it says Wallbaum's Rite Aid whatever pizza so on and so forth and then I would get home or back to the office later in the day and I would write down the town I'd write down the name of the shopping center uh, the actual uh, location of the shopping center south side of Old Country Road uh, 100 yards east of Harrison Avenue then I would research the landlord and I would put all of that on these index cards. And I actually, you know, as a result of doing that for like the first six months, I, uh, it all ended up right here. So I, ne I haven't needed those index cards since, um, but it was a very interesting way to kind of get out and learn my inventory, right? Because I was used to selling cars. Cars are, okay, this is a Toyota Camry. It's, you know, so on and so forth. It's tangible. You can talk about it. When I got into real estate, I'm like, okay, well, what is my inventory? What am I actually selling? Um, and, and that was probably the best thing I could ever have done uh, was doing the, that grunt work up front, even though, guys, I quit my job where I had a nice salary, health insurance, and I went into a sales position, 1099, 100%, eat what you kill, no health insurance, um, you know, all of that fun stuff. So. Uh, you know, you got to, again, you got to have that real heart, that hunger, that drive. You have to be self-motivated. You, you uh, to your point, Addison, you know, when you start the life cycle of a, a retail lease transaction is typically anywhere from call it eight to 18 months. Um, and then we don't get paid until the tenant, you know, for the most part, until the tenant is actually open for business um, and operating and paying rent, you know, which could even be longer than that. So, you know, more often than not, you know, from the time that I started deal till I'm actually paid, it's closer to at least 18 months. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not for the faint of heart, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not any stretch. Yeah. Uh, and you, you did touch on when, you know, in, in real estate and insurance, like James is, um, you don't have a widget. You don't have an item that you're selling. That's right. So what, what are one of the, or not one, but what, what are, what are some of the things that you focus on um, improving or what are you selling yourself? Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's very simple. You, you, as an advisor, right. I, I, as I'm in the business now, 18 years, right. It's 2019. I started uh, beginning of 2001. So, um, you know, I've grown so much and realized that in order to be a trusted advisor to somebody, you have to be, be able to help them with their pain points. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So I'm never out to make a sale. I'm truly and legitimately out to help people and everything, everything else comes naturally as a result of that. So if I'm meeting with somebody who owns a business, with an entrepreneur or a founder, 
Um, you know, fortunately at this stage of the game, uh, you know, the, the people that I'm doing personally, for the most part, doing business with are, you know, the high level decision makers at Fortune 500, 100 companies, founders and entrepreneurs, you know, of uh, really meaningful brands. And I can line myself up with companies that, you know, that, that align with my values and, and lifestyle. Um, but, you know, that, that's really what it is. Like, how, how can I honestly help you? And then anytime that I, that I help somebody uh, design or execute a rollout or expansion strategy, I'm, I'm literally doing it as if I'm the CEO of the company. I'm not doing it as if I'm, you know, Jason Ciano, the real estate agent or the real estate advisor. I'm actually a part of the company. I put myself inside the organization. I go out and do my due diligence. I study the company as much as possible. I ask a million questions. Anything that I don't, don't know, I'm, again, asking anybody who's in a position that can help me learn about the company as much as possible. Um, and then I can truly help. And if you're helping somebody achieve their goals, right? One of the earliest things that I do with, with prospects, uh, even before their clients is, you know, I ask them, what's your same thing that I ask in, you know, people that I'm interviewing, what are, what are your goals? Like, what is your exit strategy? What are you trying to accomplish here? You know, you have 75 units in Canada, you know, you're coming to the U S now and, and, you know, what are you looking to achieve? Are you going to grow corporately? Are you going to franchise? How can I help you, you know, with, with all of that process and procedure way beyond the real estate deals. And more often than not, we're only compensated again on the real estate transactions, but that doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm, I'm helping these, these uh, executives in any way that I possibly can. And that's the difference. You know, that's really, I've always gone above and beyond. Any, when I pitched the Chipotle account in 2003, I designed the entire strategy. I did all of the work up front just for the pitch. And when I showed up and sat down with the guys at Chipotle and, you know, showed them what I had created, they said, why would you put all this time and energy? We haven't even hired you. And I said, because I honestly, I, I, first off, I'm curious. So I want to understand, you know, everything that I think makes sense for you guys based on everything that you've told me. And I just did the work. You don't have to hire me. If, if you don't hire me, I still learned a ton and I'm grateful for that opportunity. So thank you. They hired me and I brought them to New York. So, you know, fortunately, um, sometimes it does work out in your favor. But, you know, I don't approach business in a way that if I if I don't get account, an account, I don't even lose an ounce of sleep. Uh, does not phase me. I'm off to the next one. And I, I'm using whatever I learned from that experience to help me move forward in life. What I love about that is talking about, I mean, that, that's, that, there's a process to that, how you went through that from, Hey, I started in a niche and it starts with a niche and then you become more expert in a niche, you know, talking about not making a sale. You, if you're everything to everybody, you're always going to get the bottom of whatever you're working in. And as you build a niche, not only do you get to focus on one thing and become more educated, but you get to work with higher people in that niche, the, the, the customers, the consumers, the more higher end. And I mean, that's a perfect example of that, Jason. I, I really appreciate you telling that. I mean, that is so important to everybody listening. Yeah. Work that niche, build it, becoming an expert and then getting to work with the better clientele in that niche. You get to live more to their needs 
And frankly, you get a client that lives more to your needs. That's, that's definitely the case. There's riches and niches and, you know, (laughs) it's very important to, uh, to understand that, you know, you, you need to ultimately become an expert at something, right? So Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours. Um, you know, that it's absolutely true. If you're not building a foundation for yourself for the future, you know, you're never going to be at the top of anything. I mean, you have to take a long-term approach to business. You have, you know, you could, listen, I wake up every day. I love Andy Frisella talks about aggressive patience, right? Yeah. Everything that I do, I wake up every day. I'm super aggressive. I work really, really damn hard. I work harder than people half my age and always will not for any other reason than I I'm, I'm proving to myself what I'm capable of. And I only compare myself to who I was yesterday. And, you know, listen, I did go through a phase where I felt really sorry for myself losing my mom when I was in my early 20s, you know, and, and I realized that at a certain point that quite honest, can you curse on this? You guys yeah, curse? Good. <laughs> like the reality, the, the painful truth is in life, and you have to realize this as young as possible, nobody gives a fuck. Like nobody cares, you know? So the minute I stopped feeling sorry for myself and I actually thought about what my mom would want me to do, you know, like it's, it's interesting because, you know, as I say this, I do it for myself, but I, I do it to make her proud. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's what really drives me. Um, It's, it's, you know, I think everybody has amazing, amazing capabilities and, you know, sometimes you don't realize it until somebody tells you, you know, you're special and you're capable. And, um, and I think, you know, today I find a lot of joy in doing that for other people because, you know, I think that a lot of people don't realize that everybody has a superpower. You just have to figure out what it is, you know, and I'm not just saying that it sounds cheesy and cliche. The reality is that every individual has something that they're better at than anybody else, you know, and you just gotta, you gotta like, find out what it is. And, and once you do, man, you go all in on it. Don't worry about your weaknesses. You can surround yourself with people that are good at that shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With that being said though, do you, do you find like I fell into insurance 2003 dumb kid had no clue what I was doing. Um, you know, I was like, I was a guy that came in with a short sleeve button up with the tie and you could see the wife beater underneath it. Like I, I was that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was sweet. It was sweet. So, uh, but you know, I kind of fell into it, but then I fell in love with it. Yeah. I became good at it through time and getting my head beat in and, and learning and then realize the one thing that always stuck with me was opportunity. You know, there's always opportunity in it. And if I just stuck with it and stayed, stayed steadfast, I could go somewhere. So I, you know, I mean, I guess there's so many ways to look at it, Jason, but I, I, I kind of think about, I would never have chosen insurance. You know, I sure. feel like kind of insurance chose me and it allows me to exemplify what I am good at. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I mean, as I mentioned, based on the beginning of my story, you know, I didn't, I didn't wake up and one day and say, listen, I need to be in real estate. You know, this is what I'm really passionate about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I woke up one day and was like, holy shit, I have to, like bills to pay. I need to figure this the fuck out like now. Um, and I just, I looked at all my options. I thought about what I had interest in. And I'll be honest with you. Most of the people that I knew that were extremely wealthy were somehow in the real estate business. It was that simple. I was like, I want to be like them. I'm going to go into real estate. So 
Uh, but I, you know, I think, I think part of, part of like learning and growing is also the, I w there was, I was naive. I don't, I didn't even know what the hell commercial real estate was, you know? And what I'm telling you now that retail real estate encompasses food and hospitality and all these other things that I have interest in, I kind of learned that, you know, more along the way. And it's not like when I was just starting in the business and I was running around showing people, you know, a, a local nail salon, showing them space in the local grocery shopping center. It wasn't glamorous, you know, but I had to do what I had to do in order to get to a point where I could do what I want to do. And that's where I am today, fortunately. But, you know, it's still, I still have to do a lot of things I don't want to do. Right. It, you know, that just, in order to, to be successful and run a business and, you know, again, operate it at a very high level, you know, you got to do things you don't want to do. I, I got back from Vegas at 3 a.m. yesterday. You know, that's not enjoyable. And I'm under the weather. I was out there. Literally, I, got, I landed there. It was one o'clock uh, in the morning on Sunday in New York landed there, was in meetings Monday all day straight through. And this is a fitness client of mine. So I had to go to a hot boot camp class in a, literally a hundred <laughs> degree room at, at 45 percent humidity with 90 people in a small room doing a hot boot camp class not feeling well i mean like these are not things that you want to do but you know you kind of at a certain point when you get to kind of a stage of you know growth that on that i try to stay uncomfortable right so it's like you know my my the smart part of my brain is telling me, Jay, go back to the hotel room and just rest and relax and so on, you know, and I just feel like I'm letting other people down. And if I don't show up, you know, to this class with the, the, the new client basically and show them that I really want to get down and dirty with them and understand what, what makes them special in this area, you know, if, I, if, if I'd rather just go back to the room, hang out and relax, catch up on some sleep or you know, whatever, um, you know, I, I'm probably not the best person for the job. Um, and, and I truly believe that. So, you know, I, I suffered through it and then felt amazing once it was all over. But, you know, those are things, again, you just need to constantly go above and beyond. You constantly need to sacrifice. You know, I, I didn't see my family, obviously, for several days, got back at 3am yesterday and, you know, been grinding since. So, um, you got to be willing to do those things, man. If you, you can't, you can't have champagne taste on a beer budget, man. Not like that. That's really good. Facts. Facts. Uh, everything that you just went into, that's discipline. It's, it's having the discipline on a daily basis to absolutely do shit that you just don't feel like doing. Absolutely. But, but it's for the purpose of, getting to that next level or staying on understanding where your goal is and to get there, I'm going to have to be as uncomfortable as hell. I'm going to have to do the shit that I don't want to do. I'm going to have to wake up early in the morning and go to bed late at night. Like it's just, it is what it is. Listen, man, there's always somebody younger, smarter, better looking, hungrier, more determined that's going to do it, you know, and I'll be damned if some young kid's going to going to take, you know, food off my kid's plate. It's very simple, man. I, you know, the, the two screens, the right of the screen that you guys are on are my kids. And, you know, nobody's going to grind harder than me to make sure that they have, you know, everything that I had and more. 
um, you know, which, which is not easy to do when you're, uh, when you're starting, you know, after college, you're, you're looking at, Oh, now what, you know? And, and, but I feel grateful that I had that experience. You know what I mean? Like I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because nobody gave me shit except a phone and a computer and a map, you know? So if, if it was, if I was sitting here, you know, talking to you guys from my family's, you know, company that I just happened to walk into after college and, Hey, here's the boss's son and, you know, groom him. And one day you're going to be working for him. I would have a different swagger. You know what I mean? But again, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody. I, I'm, I'm actually super humble. I'm just proud of myself for getting to where I've gotten, because if you're not proud of yourself, man, like nobody's going to be proud for you. Right. So, I agree. I, and it's funny because a lot of people, you know, I have a vlog, I, you know, it goes out on Fridays. My wife will say to me at times, like, you're so egotistical. And it's funny. I'm like, listen, I'm not egotistical. I got to go out there and, and, and find the, the next deal so we could pay the mortgage, you know, and I'm going to do it by any means necessary. Now, how do you think of my vlog? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm with you. I mean, you've got to encourage yourself. I mean, I was talking with somebody. It's like, you ever, ever see somebody get up on stage to speak and they're newer at it? I'm horrible at it. I can't talk without using my hands. I almost slap people around, right? I talk so much with my hands. But when they get up there and they say, hey, bear with me, I'm new at this. And I always think like, why did you just tell me that? Like, you already got a, you already got a struggle in front of you. Like, you just advised everybody to look at all your errors now. Well, it was insecurity. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm saying back to you. You have to be bold. You have to think, go back and reanalyze, but you got to stay, you got to stay bold. You got to stay confident in what you're trying to do. Even if you got to, you know, fake it till you make it. I mean, you need to be doing that. The beauty is that again, if you're, if you're working hard and you, you're doing the right thing, you know what I'm saying? Like you're going to be successful. It's only a matter of time. You don't have to fake shit. You just need to grind your face off and work yeah. harder than the next person. It's very simple. Like, yeah. how bad do you want it? This is simple shit, man. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not extremely intelligent, you know, from a, uh, a it's not like I went on to like, you know, study beyond a bachelor's degree. And, and, you know, again, like the bachelor's degree that I got was just a piece of paper. I wasn't focused on studying anything specific that set me up for, for where I am today. You know, the best thing that I got out of my college experience was my relationships and my real, real life experience. Um, You know, so, but it's really, I think, honestly, like people of all ages are fucking delusional. You know, you know how many people that I look at that tell me how hard they worked this year and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them like you might convince yourself that you worked really hard, but don't tell me when I'm watching how hard you work and I'm measuring how much you sold or didn't sell or, you know, like don't lie to me. I don't have time for it. Lie to yourself. Very, you know, if, if that makes you feel better and you go home at night and kick your feet up and crack a beer open because you're satisfied with the shitty day that you had and your number, you know, number 50 out of 50 people like good for you man like i i wouldn't be able to go to sleep i'll be on the computer grinding till 3 a.m you know that's just not it's not my dna um and again like you know that's okay for a lot of people i'm not suggesting that everybody should sacrifice the way that i have at all 
I 100% agree with that. I think there's sometimes too much emphasis on being maybe potentially the best in the industry when it, maybe it's not for everybody, you know, that this is the only way you'll be happy. It's not the case. I, but I think a lot of people misconstrued that as well as it, it's about if you're going to talk and want to be that, well, this is what the fuck you need to do to get there. Totally. And yeah, but James, what's interesting too, because you brought up that you're in insurance and it's not something that initially you set out to, to do because you're super passionate about it. Right. But what, and same with me with commercial real estate, but what I get a kick out of today is disrupting commercial real estate, right. And being creative and doing things that nobody else is doing because I'm not this commercial real estate person at heart. I'm this super intense entrepreneur business person who happens to love commercial real estate, but I'm going to leave my mark on the industry. Um, yeah. it's, to me, it's not just about making the most money, being the best, all of that fun stuff, right? Like, that's great. I work hard so I can have a certain lifestyle. That's given. But beyond that, I'm somebody who wants to actually make an impact on the industry. I want when people think about where commercial real estate's going, the future of the commercial real estate, I want them to think about JCNO. That's what makes me happy. Not if I made an extra, you know, X dollars this year versus last year. That's not what, that's not what it's about to me. That's not what makes me tick. You know, the yeah. fact that you guys wanted to have me on your podcast, that's what makes me tick. The fact that, I'm spending however much time I'm spending with you guys. And regardless of how much time that is, I'm fully in this right now. But guess what? I got to tack on an additional 45 minutes, 60 minutes to my day in order to do this. And I'm happy to do it because guess what? And if one person hears anything that I'm saying right now and is motivated or inspired by it, that's probably going to be the highlight of my day. Can I ask a question on the talking about doing stuff that you don't want to do. Um, how do you feel like that changes? Do you feel like you do more stuff that you don't want to do so you can have what you want as the longer you've been in the business, the more you try to accomplish? I think that, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm saying no, you know, I'm actually figuring out where, where, uh, where my time is best spent. Um, and, and doing things that I think a lot of people that are my age, I'm, I just turned 42. Um, I think a lot of people at 42 that have achieved some level of success feel like they don't have to hop on that plane, you know, and land at 1 a.m. In, in Vegas for, for pitch meetings, you know, um, because they have people who can do that. You know what I mean? Like they've gotten to a point where they can send other people to go to do that on their behalf. And I think, you know, I think that's really kind of the differentiator for me is that, again, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface here. So I'm willing to do what it takes uh, in order to, you know, grow the way that I want to grow. I also, I will say, I mean, you know, I believe that the commercial real estate business is changing drastically retail is changing drastically. I don't have to explain why you guys get it better than most people, uh, most people. Right. But, you know, so I need to, I need to be fearful about where my industry is going. You know, I need to be five steps ahead. I need to be constantly looking around, you know, what's around the next corner. Um, where, where are we today and how, um, how, 
vulnerable, you know, is my company? How vulnerable is my business? How, you know, uh, retailers are not opening the same amount of locations as they used to, right? So, you know, I'm doing a lot of different things that are for the future of the business because, you know, one day I'd like to, you know, give my children the opportunity to, you know, step in here and, and pick up where I leave off and work with me. Um, and quite honestly, you know, if I don't adapt and pivot, you know, to stay ahead of what's around the corner, we're out of business, man. Retail real estate is is not uh, necessarily the best place to be right now, you know, from a, from a um, just if you're solely focused on representing retailers lo locally. Fortunately, my company and myself have always been more active in segments that are less impacted by the internet, right? So we do a ton in restaurants, hospitality, that's only getting more active. Fitness, wellness, that's only getting more active. Medical, cannabis, you know, all of these things that, um, that are not really impacted the same way that traditional retail soft goods are. So, you know, we're always just, you know, paying attention to what's going on out there. And, uh, you know, if and when the economy turns, man, you know, like what, what does that mean? What does that mean for people that are in the business 18 years like myself and have been through downturns like 08? Um, and what does that mean for other people that, you know, haven't been through that and aren't trimming fat while times are still good and setting themselves up for, you know, to, to, to take that downturn as an opportunity to get even further ahead. Yeah. The, the concept of, you know, when, when that, the, the bubble burst, when, when we have the downturn, um, I think a lot of us, you know, people that are getting into the business, just, you know, coming into it or have been in, in the business for just a couple of years or whatever it may be, they're, they're seeing this, this expansion, right? They're seeing like everything's so good, everything's great, um, but they haven't, they haven't seen the negative side of business. Sure. And I think, I think, I think people get sidetracked and they start bringing on too much, right? Just like you were talking about trimming the fat. Um, so what, what are like some indicators that, that you've picked up on that you're like, okay, well, I need to start pivoting now. Yeah. So I, you know, I, again, I've just been watching uh, what Amazon and other companies are doing to my industry. Um, and you know, in, in Manhattan, there's more vacancy than I can remember in, in the 18 years that I'm doing this. Um, and landlords are starting to, to concede and give tenants, you know, very favorable deals that they would never have uh, ever given to them. So, you know, the writing's kind of on the wall because real estate, you know, is very much a supply and demand thing. So, um, so, and we're in a good economy, right? And this, this is happening. So, you know, that once the tide turns, it's going to be uh, a whole different ball game. you know, and I'm looking at a lot of the other companies that do what we do are hiring anybody with a pulse. And they truly believe that just their strength in numbers and they don't give a shit about whether or not people are actually successful, if they're giving them the training and the tools and the accounts to work on. And, uh, you know, I think those companies that are not really, uh, careful and paying attention to you know where this could go in the not so distant future are gonna it's gonna be a bloodbath yeah uh jason uh is there any 
I know we're, uh, we want to be respectful of your time. Um, Addison, I didn't know if you had any other questions. I, I was just going to say, is, is there some kind of imparting wisdom you'll leave for our listeners out there? Like I said, they're, they're wherever they're trying to take their business right now, just some overall knowledge you'd like to leave them with some final thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think that everybody needs to check themselves and, and, Self-awareness is the most important quality if you're actually looking to grow and be successful. If, you're, if your actions don't match your goals, you have nobody else to blame but yourself. And the reality is, at the end of the day, nobody fucking cares. So, it. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to lie to yourself and lie to everybody else about how great everything is going and how good you're doing and this and that, and, 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 you know, it makes you feel better. And it, and those insecurities go away when you tell people, you know, how great it is and how great you are. Um, that's cool. But I think it makes more sense to really focus on yourself, focus on it. I think people don't realize also as a leader, you know, you're responsible for everybody else, right? Which means you have to put those people first. I can't be a great leader if I'm not in the best possible mental and physical condition myself, right? I need to feel really damn good about, you know, wh how I'm feeling and where I'm at so I can give everything my all. You know, my clients, my family, my, my team, they all suffer if I'm not focused on, you know, operating at my best. So, you know, I think that, you know, people need to realize that any overnight successes are either fabricated stories or, um, you know, people that went into their family business, <laughs> you know, it is what it is like, or lotto people who win the lotto, right? Like, I don't care about where you like, people need to also realize, like, it's all about where you start too, man. Like, like you should be proud of little, little goals, you know, things, little things that you accomplish along the way, be proud of yourself. Don't, don't be afraid because somebody else, you know, thinks that you're being arrogant or there's a difference between confidence and arrogance, right? You know, Absolutely. but if you're, if you're working your tail off and you're doing things and there's always going to be people saying negative things, there's always going to be people, you know, that don't necessarily believe in your vision, but if you believe in yourself and your vision, man, just keep on going. The only time that, you know, I think there are so many times that, that I've wanted to quit, you know, so many times that I've thought about, is this the right thing for me? And all I know is that if I ever quit, I would never be where I am today. I would have had to start over, you know, like you need to pick something and go all in and focus on it. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's, it means a lot that you took the time out of your day to come on with us. And um, I'm sure everybody's going to get a lot of benefit out of this. And is there any big projects that you're working on that you might and can say anything about? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm proud to say that, you know, the, the meeting in Vegas went really well and I can't really say who it is yet because the, the, not everything signed, sealed, and delivered, but we were informed that we're gonna gonna get the business. Um, you know, it's very exciting. It's it's a it's a national account with some you know very very big people involved in the company. So 
super excited about that. You know, working with some of the largest developers in the world to help them, you know, procure their fit labs in their projects, right? We have a, we excel really at boutique fitness and, and you know, full-size gyms and wellness. Um, so, you know, part of, part of the uh, personal brand that I've been developing on social media platforms and, and, and you know, I've really been paying off. Um, which I think is great too. I think people need to realize the power of social media. Um, so, you know, doing a lot of big things. I wish I could be more specific. But yeah, 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 but people, listen, pay attention. Follow us on, you know, Saber Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, myself, Jason Ciano, that's Jason with a Y, J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-I-A-N-O. Uh, primarily, you know, most active on Instagram. Please check out our weekly vlog. We're at episode 105. Um, that's on uh, on YouTube, Saber Real Estate. And uh, guys, reach out to me. Feel free to DM me. I'm happy to uh, happy to you know help in any way possible. Uh, and I appreciate you know the love out there. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for asking me to be on. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Appreciate it very much. Um, and we'll link everything below this podcast. Uh, you'll be able to find everything in the in the description. And reach out to him, man. Um, like I said, we're going to close him out. Close him out, James. Man, you know, same, same as I always do. Grind her out. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, boys. Cool. Thank you. See you. Yeah, peace.